welcome. Thank you for listening to this wholesome word by David Entry. The words you catch will change your world. May your story change from this message. Be blessed. Colossians chapter 1. For today I would like to read from verse 1 again to 15. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world and brings forth fruits as it doth also in you since the day ye heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. As ye also learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Here ends the reading of God's word. Father, thank you for the privilege to come together and to hear your word. As we hear your word, oh Lord, let it be so according to what you say in our lives. Open us up and infuse yourself into us more and more until we become like you until your coming. Father, thank you that as your word is taught, light dawns. As your word is taught, deliverance takes place. As your word is taught, salvation happens. As your word is taught, oh God, healings happen. As your word is taught, Satan backs off. As your word is taught, revelation. Revelation comes and we go higher. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. Um, Last Sunday, I didn't finish. I was talking about light, but just to have it in context, we we spoke about how um, in the verse 12, it says that the apostle said he's giving thanks unto the Father, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers. That meet is... New King James says he has qualified us. That's what I actually mean. Right. So when he said, I'll make a help, a helper meet for Genesis chapter 2, he's talking about suitable. 
she saw. It's a, she experienced English that means suitable. So God made um, us suitable or qualified. Actually, the original Greek word also connotes he enabled us. We have been given the ability to inherit. So we have been given the ability to partake. All right. Um, New Living Translation says, he has enabled you to share. All right. So God has given us the enablement. Once you are in Christ, we have the enablement, the ability to share. We have a share in the inheritance of the saints. You know, but really, um, when you look at you and your history, as it, come, as it has to, as it relates with God, excuse me, what do you qualify for? You actually qualify for his wrath. Yeah, that's what we qualify for. We qualify for his wrath. We qualify for his judgment. We are, what we, what, what, you're talking about qualification? We are qualified for judgment. We are qualified for punishment. We are qualified for, God has to, in fact, allow some of us, where we are coming from, you should have been dead by now. Because you, you've, you've, you've done too many things. <laughs> Can you imagine all the things you did and you never got sick? Others who have not even done half of what you did are very unwell through some transmission of diseases. Please, don't look like you don't qualify other things. You don't qualify for other things. No, don't. Every one of us, Bible says that all have gone astray. So all we as sheep have gone astray. Isaiah chapter 53. So all we as sheep have gone astray. All, all. said all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own ways. That is why what we qualify is not inheritance. I mean, how can someone travel and come to United Kingdom using somebody's passport like in the past? Not now. Using somebody's passport and coming in and then doesn't have documents, is an, an illegal immigrant, and he says that I qualify to stand for election as an MP. After three months of being in the country. <laughs> what that person actually qualifies is an arrest, detention, and deportation. That's why you qualify. You don't qualify for uh, job seekers allowance. <laughs> job seekers allowance. For students' loan, universal credit. Come on. You, you, you don't qualify for a flat. From which council? <laughs> Instead of saying what we qualify for, he said God has qualified us for something else. He has qualified us to be part. I can't imagine. Qualified us to be part. You to go and join it. Join the party. Join it. Join, join the feasting. He has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the people in the light. Wow. If I were you, I'll give Jesus a big, big clap for qualifying us. 
Someone shout qualified. Shout qualified. Your qualification is a bit, in human terms, dodgy. Not suitable, yet qualified. So when you enter, you just enter, you are quiet because you know actually, in reality, you are not supposed to be in. So it looks like it's a dodgy qualification, but it's still authentic. It's very authentic when God, so long as the legalities and the judicial demands of God are concerned, it's, it's authentic. It's legit. However, when you look at it yourself, you are, you are wondering what the basis of the qualification is outside of Christ. So, okay, let me draw your attention to something. How Apostle opened the text. He spoke about how he said, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. And then he said, Timothy is also joining me to write this epistle. And then he said, to the faithful. Oh, I like it. It pays to be faithful. To the saints and faithful brethren. This is for the brethren. It's not for humanity. This letter. (laughs) To the faithful brethren who are in Christ. Then he said, grace to you. After the greetings, this is introduction. It's from me, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. He always had to say an apostle of Jesus Christ because an apostle is someone who has been given giving delegated authority to act on the behalf of another. You see, so it's like, he has the attorney. So anything an apostle says, it is, it's not different from what Christ says. So all those funny, unchristians who think they are Christians and liberals and said, it's Paul who said it, Jesus didn't say it. There's no difference in scripture between what Paul says and what Jesus says. If you understand theology, Whatever Paul says, whatever Peter said, whatever John said, those things carry the credibility of Christ because he, so that means that when someone says I'm an apostle, it's not the same as the 12. They are using the title apostle, not the function of apostle. This is the function to an apostle is someone, generally speaking, who oversees, who represents Christ and authority, usually in the ecclesiology, Yes, maybe they oversee not just a local church, but a whole area, and they have authority to make decisions and guidance so long as that jurisdiction is concerned. So that's why people might say, okay, um, this person is an apostle of that, apostle of that. But when we say an apostle in our days, please, it is not the same as the ones Jesus, the 12, okay, and Paul. No, those are, because Jesus had his, the 12, you, you always see the 12, the 12, and the disciples. So, the 12 were given a special assignment. That is why anything written in the Bible, in the New Testament, must have been written directly by an apostle or someone who was very closely associated with the apostle. All right, so Timothy was not really an apostle in that sense even though he had an apostolic responsibility. But, so, Paul, let me go. So, Paul talks about, let me also add, the prophet. When someone says, I'm a prophet, please don't confuse it with Elijah. <laughs> or Moses. Or the, the Old Testament prophets are completely different from the New Testament prophets. Their function. The Old Testament prophet, the Holy Spirit was not yet given. So, it comes on individuals, and Christ 
God used to speak through the prophets, but now in these days he spoke through his son. So there's a difference between the function of the prophets through whom God was speaking and the prophets or the New Testament church to whom God speaks through the son. So I, when I'm speaking, if I, I'm true to the text, then it is the son who is speaking through me. If I deviate from the text, it's not the son speaking through me. So it doesn't matter how apostolic or how uh, prophetic I might be. It is not in the same level as the prophets in the Old Testament. So when you see someone called prophet, don't confuse it. Most of the time it's someone who just had a, someone who sees some things and he speaks some things, but not someone who is necessarily speaking with authority on the behalf of God, so long as scripture is concerned. Actually, the, the appropriate prophet is the clean teacher. <laughs> anyway, but let's... So, it talks about apostle to the saints, and then he goes on to talk about how we have... Um, when we heard about your faith, your love, and your hope. So, watch this. He brings them greetings, and then he begins to address them about you. Now, they became the subject. I want you, don't, don't, don't miss this. This is very important. So he, he starts the text by saying greetings, and then he says that, since we heard of your faith, grace to you. And he says, since we heard of your faith, your love, and your hope, which was, a funk, which was instrumental through Epaphras. So Epaphras became a, 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 a very essential person in what they had become as Paul was addressing them. So whatever they had become, it was because of their encounters with Epaphras. So that's why Paul brought Epaphras in, but he was addressing them and he says that, you, we've heard about your faith and because of that, we, you see they change the focus. We also, verse nine, we also do not cease to pray for you. So it starts by greeting them and saying that we have heard about you and so because of that, we also, do not cease to pray for you. Asking, then he talks about a prayer topic that you'll be strengthened so you end up walking worthy of the Lord, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God and all that. Then, after he says that we also, he spoke about the prayer topic. Then the verse 12 brings in giving thanks. So he said, we are doing this giving thanks to the Father. Now the focus is coming to the, the Father now. So he greeted them, spoke about them, and make reference to Epaphras and said, we, then afterwards, he said, the Father, who is the Father of us also. You see, when he says that giving thanks to the Father, he didn't now say that who has qualified you. He said, now we are now as a family. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the focus is now from the Father to all of us because now you are in it. But he spoke about how they have come in it and how far they've come. Then he says that we give, I like the, the giving thanks. It's, it's thanksgiving to God is so regular, must be always, it's, it's, it's like you must be aware of what God has done for you and never forget to give thanks. Never forget. So thanksgiving is actually a regular behavior of a believer. It's a just a normal behavior of a believer who is aware of himself. He's aware of what God has done for you. Because every time you consider what God has done, the instant reaction is not what God should do. It is gratitude. 
That's why giving, giving thanks. Who has qualified us? Really? So now it speaks about God who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. King James says, in light, in the light. And it was this week I picked on last week about the light. And when the Bible talks about light in scriptures, I said it's referring to one of six things. Number one, God himself, he is light. I like that scripture so, so much. In First John chapter 1, verse 5, it says that, it says, God is light. I mean, he just said this clearly. He says that God is light. Let's all say, God is light. God is light. Say it louder, please. God is light. Say for the last time, louder. God is light. Yeah. God is light. These are, as I said the other time, three things the scripture has said, God is light, God is spirit, and God is love. Wow. So God is light. In him there's no darkness at all. So God is the light. And then, when Christ was walking on the earth in John chapter 5, sorry, 9 verse 5, 8 verse 12, he speaks about how he is the light of the world. So, in fact, God who is light was expressing himself through Christ. And Christ who is, in fact, in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, it talks about how Christ is the express image in the King James, but really is the effulgence of God's glory. Being the brightness, the radiance. He, he is the radiance of the glory of God. So the glory of God is like, that's the source of the light. And amongst men, when Christ was walking, that's why he said, that, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. In John chapter 1 verse 4, he says that in him was, that's Christ, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. God, who is the source of the light, Express the light through Christ. So in John chapter 1, verse 18, it talks about how no one has seen God at any time. But Christ, the Son, who is from the the word bosom is like he's so much part of God, is in the inner core. The Son is in the inner core of God, the core of God. He has radiated him. He has defined him. He has expressed him. He has declared him. So God is light and Christ is the effulgence, is the radiance, is the brightness of God's glory. Hallelujah. Christ is the brightness of God's glory. Um, In fact, in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 and 2, he said, Arise and shine, for your light has come. And what? The glory. Did you see that? Did you see that? The glory, the glory is like, the glory is like light. It says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. I see that that is somebody's testimony. Arises. And then it says that for gross darkness, ha! It says, gross darkness shall cover, behold, darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness, King James says, gross darkness, the people, but the Lord, but the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory, did you see that? His glory, I think I am announcing to somebody, I am prophesying. He said, the Lord shall arise on thee and his glory shall be seen upon you. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord shall arise upon you. The Lord shall arise upon your condition. The 
His glory, His glory will be seen upon thee. He said, Arise. He said, Arise and shine. No, no, watch this. He's talking to God's people. He said, Arise and shine for your light. So, and he's telling us that God has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. In the light. So I announce to you that scripture in Isaiah, arise and shine for your light has come. It's talking about that is what you are qualified to be part of that scripture. You are qualified to be part of whatever scripture is saying. Arise and shine for your light has come. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 16, it talks about how those who sat in darkness, light, hallelujah. Those who sat in darkness, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the shadow of death, light has dawned. Light has dawned. Christ is the light. Christ, if you are in Christ, you are in light. If you are in Christ, you are in the light. If you are in Christ, you are in the light. We are in the light. Hallelujah. So... We are, Christ is the light. And then number three, the word of God is the light. The entrance of your word gives, ah, Psalm 119 verse 130. The entrance of your word gives light. The entrance of your word gives light. Thy word, Psalm 119 verse 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and the light to my path. When the word of God enters you, light has entered. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 8 also, it talks about, he sent his word and he lighted. He says that he sent his word into Jacob and what did the word do? He brought light. It brought light because the word is light. The word is light. We are the people in the light. Hallelujah. Now, so the God is light. Christ is represented or is, is said to be light in scripture. The word of God is light. And then number four, the life of Christ is light. Bible says in him, was life, Kabbalah, John 1, 4. I, I'm enjoying this, the word, the word of God, you know. In him was light, and the life was the light of men. Did you see the verse 9? It said, the light that lightened every man coming into the world. What? <laughs> I, I write King James, please. The light that, the true light, which lighted, I like that one. It lighted everyone that cometh into the world. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. The people who sat in darkness, a great light has appeared, have seen a great light. So the life of Christ is our light. And then number five, which I didn't get to say, the believer in Matthew chapter five, verse 16, it says that let your light so shine before men. Let's read from verse 14. From verse 14. Verse 14, ye are the light of the world. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. Who are the light? Talking about the believers. Those who have been invited and qualified to partake of the inheritance. He said, we are the lights. In James chapter 1, verse 17, 
talks about all good and perfect gifts come from the Father of lights. So Jesus said, ye are the lights of the world. Ye are the lights of the world. Ye are the light of the world. Ye are the light. Say, we are the light of the world. Say it again, please. So whatever the church has got to say about any matter in society matters. Those whose minds are darkened, those whose minds are blinded, are free to call us bigots. And that's where easier is the escapism. Just brand the person. So it gives you a kind of intellectual excuse not to accept what they are saying. But you know, intellectual integrity tells you that what they are saying is sound. So uh, we are the light of the world. It's very interesting that it didn't say lights. We are the light of the world. The world is in darkness without the church. We are the light. Jesus said it. We are the light of the world. Let's say it again. We are the light of the world. So we are the light of it. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 15, I like that. That is such a powerful scripture. I really like it. It would be good if we all read it together. Is that okay? From the screen. Can you see from the screen? All right. Shall we read? We are reading God's word. Okay. It's, it's important. All right. Let's go. That ye may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and a perverse generation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Amongst whom ye shine as lights in the world. Amongst whom ye shine as lights in the world. Hallelujah. We, we are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. And, and so, whatever we have got to say matters in the world. In, in, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, Ephesians 5, 8 tells us that for you were once darkness. What? But now ye are, oh, this is nice. Walk as children of light. For we, I want to add ourselves, okay? For we, for we were once darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. We are light in the Lord. So number five, the believers are the light. And number six, the church is also classified in scriptures as light. The reason why believers we are light is because of the Christ who is in us. Oh, good. I almost missed out this thing. Please put it out on it. Philippians chapter 2, verse 15. Give us the amplified version. Let's see how he puts it. Um, okay, so that you may, you may show yourself to be blameless and guileless, innocent, and uncontaminated, children of God without blemish, faults, unrebukable, in the midst of a crooked and a wicked generation, spiritually perverted and perverse, among whom ye are seen as bright lights, stars or beacons shining out clearly in the dark, in the dark world. Now, the, the, you see that, that stars, the word, the, the, it's, it's reflecting, it's more connoting the, you know how in the night it's so dark, 
the, the actual word translated as we, Philippians chapter 2, verse 15, amongst whom we shine as lights. Some translations actually, the true word is luminous. Luminous. And I don't have my stuff here, but the Greek word translated light is not the same as the normal Jesus say is the light. That Greek word is uh, lumen. It's lumen. That's why, you know, do you know the, the unit for measuring the brightness of light? Lumens. I know some of you don't buy light, so you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. If you are looking for light to buy, they will tell you 300 lumens. 6,000 lumens. 6,000 lumens is stronger than the, some of the stadium light styles in the stadia is uh, 10,000 lumens. Bright light. The car headlamps sometimes may be about 3,000. The normal room lights will be about 300 lumens. So the measurement, the, the units for measure is lumens and illuminated. Sometimes they say something is illuminated. It's all coming from the Greek word. So. Well, this is very important, what I'm about to say. When it says we shine as lumens, uh, the Greek word is, I've forgotten it. It's, it's actually n- talking about we don't possess the light. You know luminous? What's a luminous? The moon, you know, the moon doesn't have light. It reflects light that doesn't belong to itself. Um, there are certain watches or phases or some stuff. When you take it to the light and I take it into the darkness, it shines. It doesn't have light, but it's like it reflects a certain light or it captures a certain kind of light and it's lumen. So we are not the light, but we are, it's like light bearers. We bear the light. We carry the light. God is the light. So if you detach yourself from God, you have detached yourself from life, light. So we can't go around talking about how I'm light. Yes, we are light, but actually, it's, the light is actually God having a, an expression through us. And you remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, how it talks about the God of this world has blinded the minds of, of those who do not believe. Less, oh, I like that. Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Verse 6. Verse 6, look at verse 6. It says, for it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts. He has, God has shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory. You know, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, was, I think chapter 3 there, he was talking about Moses. And, you know, chapter 3, verse 16, talks about when we turn to God, the veil is removed. And then verse 17 says, the Lord is the spirit, wherever there's. And verse 18 says, we all with unveiled faces. Right. Why did he bring the veil? It starts from verse 10 somewhere, where Moses came from the mountain. And the people couldn't, verse 7, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7, they couldn't look at his face. According to Exodus chapter 34, verse 29, 30, says that when he came, he brought the commandments, the tablets, but the people couldn't look at his face. And he didn't know his face was shining. Why? Because he spent so much time with God. He spent, I pray that by the time church is finishing, you are beginning to grow. Amen. Oh, shout a better amen. 
Monday, by the time you go back to work, that situation, you are growing, you are growing and outshining that condition. Tuesday, you are shine. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, this coming week, because of today's service, I see you shining and outshining every dark condition in the name of Jesus. So, you see, you see why it's important to establish the fact that we are lumens and not the original light. So they have to keep coming closer to the source. Keep coming back to church. Don't say, I do church once a month. No. Don't do church once a month. Once a week is even too expensive for your kind of environment you are dealing with. You need a lot of lumens. Yeah, it must be imbibed. Yes. See, then when you go there, you, you blast it out. You remember Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is almost concealed inside him until the Mount of Transfiguration, and he just burst out a bit. They, could, they, they fell like dead men, according to Matthew 17. Too. It burst out. The light was concealed. And so we, like lumens, we come and imbibe and imbibe. This morning, someone is catching. I, I believe that by the time you go back to the doctors, the story has changed. Because you have come to catch light. You have come to receive light. Who is God? You have come to catch something. This, so does it make sense when he says that you have been qualified or you have been enabled to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light? It's a serious thing. You are coming and you are walking in light. You are not walking in darkness. Arise and shine. For your, uh, uh, for your light has come. And God's glory has risen upon you. So back to what I was saying about Moses. They couldn't look at Moses' face. He has spent so much time with God. I can't use the I can't use the word too much time, too much, you know, or phrase too much. But just he's, Moses, you spent too much time with God. I can't look at your face. That's good for Moses. People couldn't look at his face, but he needed to talk to them. So what? he eventually did was he had to get a veil to cover his face like a bride at a wedding. <laughs> yeah. Moses had to actually practically cover his face so with a veil. And the wedding one is even a bit more transparent. So they couldn't see his face. The, bri- the brightness, the lumens was too much. The lumens was too much. So he was bursting up the glory of God. He had to cover his face. And Paul picks on it and says that up till now, when Moses is read, still veil is covering the people's faces, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. He said because of that incident, it was typological. You know, it was reflecting some, something very deeply spiritual. They couldn't look at his face, so he had to cover his face. And so he said up till now, when Moses is read, the Old Testament is read, the people who think the Bible is all Old Testament, and that's all. Many people who are using Old Testament, Old Testament for main worship, sometimes without the New Testament and the light of Christ shining on you, this thing is veiled. It's veiled. And what I can't do is to sit down and debate somebody on what the Bible says, a person who is a non-believer. He have veiled. I can't. It's like trying to soak cement with water. I should sit down with you and then, okay, you have points, you, 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 you. Especially those guys who come and say that, show me in the Bible where the Bible says Jesus is God. 
If I show you, what would you do? What would you do? I'm glad to show, I'm glad to show the learner, the believer, because they have, watch this, they have the allotment. They have been they have been qualified. They have been enabled to share in the inheritance in light. So when I begin to show them the things in the light, in, in the word, the light, it will make sense. They'll get it. Some of us, before you became born again, you believed you had some formidable questions, formidable objections against the word of God until you became born again. Some of you still, watch this, some of you still, huh, but I don't understand, I don't understand this, I don't, the problem is the one you understand, are you doing that one? Let's start from the ones you are doing, I understand you are doing, and then, that, that, will, that, will, that will enable you more lumens, more lumens. He says, listen, let me put it this way, the way Jesus puts it, in John chapter eight, verse 31, he said, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So there's something you got to do. Put it, you've got the word. Act on it. Then he said, you are my disciples. If you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. But that's not the end of the story. Then verse 32 says, and you will know the truth. So the, the knowledge of the truth, the dawning of the light is given to the disciples. Who are the disciples indeed? Those who are continuing in the word. So the more you walk in the light, the more lumens you are catching. And the more lumens you are, you are catching, the more you are illuminated. You are illuminated, not eliminated, illuminated. <laughs> when you are well illuminated, you cannot be eliminated from your portion. <laughs> Shout hallelujah. So, Paul was telling us about how these guys up to, it's strange that statement. He said, for until this day, when Moses is read, veil covers the earth. But even until this day, when Moses is read, that word Moses is not talking about prophet Moses. It typifies the Old Testament. When Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. A veil lies on their heart. That is why the 16 says that, but if they turn to Christ, the veil is, oh boy. It says that nevertheless, there is a nevertheless. In spite of that veil that is covering your heart, there is a nevertheless. There is a nevertheless. And that nevertheless is only possible, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord. Turn away from all the junk and all the, the supposed intellectual arguments, stand to the Lord. I don't understand when people think they have a lot of sensible arguments against God and the things of God, and yet they are still in sin. Turn to the Lord, the veil will be removed, you'll get it. He said, nevertheless, watch this, he said, nevertheless, if one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Then he said, we all, with unveiled faces, Beholding, that's where the revelation we are changing to the same image from where from glory. See, the light, the glory, the glory of God is region, and the glory of God is the light we are talking about. Suddenly, we are moving from light to light, from glory to glory, from glory to glory, from glory to glory, because you are turning to the Lord. Turn to the Lord. I don't know who I'm talking to, but the convenient sinning has been is enough, it's enough. No, no, I'm not speaking for myself. I'm speaking to you. So whether you do it or you don't do it, it's not for me. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, why are you saying that? No, 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 please. I'm just declaring God's word. And then all of us have the chance to either do it or not. But I'm telling you, if you are not walking, in fact, this is how he puts it. He said, God is light, and him is no darkness at all. If we claim we are in the light and walk in darkness, we are lying. <laughs> First John chapter 1. First John chapter 1, verse 5, verse 6, and verse 7. Please help me on the screen. He says that for God, he said, this is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you. What's the message? Tell me, tell me, tell me. What's the message from Jesus? That God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If you are really born again and you are walking in the light, it, you can be, it's arise and shine for your light has come. The people who sat in darkness, we were once in darkness. We, we were once darkness, but now we are the children of light. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. We were once darkness. Ephesians 5, you were once what? Darkness. We were once darkness, but now ye are lights in the world. So then, now that you are in Christ, walk in the light. The problem is, you can be in Christ and still be walking in darkness. But it says that, it's, uh, really, uh, maybe you are not in Christ then. Really. Because it says that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. The verse 6 is not friendly. It's not. <laughs> Let's all read the Allah. Bible is calling some people liars. Uh, you know, it's a very nice way of putting it. He didn't say you, he said we, if, any of us. Okay, any of, <laughs> any of us, if we say, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, so you can be, you can be walking in darkness. Yeah, what, Pastor, what does it mean to walk in darkness? You are not turning to the Lord, you are turning from the Lord. You are doing your own thing. In spite of what Jesus has got to say. In spite of, but what has Jesus said? Read your Bible. It doesn't say anything different from the word, what the word of God is saying. Everything apostles said is what Jesus is trying to say. That's why you have to understand what an apostle is. As I said, don't mind the one who says that it was Paul who was, in a certain way, so it's Paul's theology is different from Jesus' theology. You are actually in darkness to say that. Your mind is in darkness. So now, Paul, I'll go back to, to I have to run about. But is someone getting something? Now, the, the scriptures was talking to us about how the veil was covered, all right? And it's interesting. Some, that's why it's good to read the Bible, not just a verse, verse, verse. I receive, I receive, I receive. It's just good to read it, you know? Sometimes take your time. A anyway, when um, we turn to the Lord, the veil is taken off, right? Did you see how it started? Time will not permit me. I would have gone... I would have been tempted to do the things that sometimes I get easily tempted to do. Instead of reading verse 8, I get tempted to start from verse 4. Then I, I, when I start the verse 4, I realize, okay, verse 1 is better. <laughs> then I go to verse 1. That's if I, okay, the, the previous. Actually, I'm going to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. That's first verse 4. But you see, now I'm already in chapter 3, verse 7. But if you go back a little bit, it talks about how God has made us able ministers of the New Testament. Oh, I mean, the scripture is sweet too. It's made us able ministers of the New Testament, not according to the letter, for the letter killeth, 
but the Spirit gives you life. Hallelujah! He has made that. Verse 5 says that, let's see, I'm going back, please. Oh, no, no. He says that not, that, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to of ourselves to be thinking or anything, oh, the pastor is a good guy. I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. Listen, I'm not any that good. I'm not better than anybody. But our sufficiency is of God. Hallelujah! Our sufficiency. If you are doing anything for God, then it's not from you. Stop claiming the credit. It's not from you. Pastor, it's not from you. I know your title is from you, but the ministry is not from you. <laughs> our sufficiencies of God. He says that not to claim anything of ourselves, for our sufficiencies of God. Then he says, who has made us able ministers, not of the Old Testament, but of the New Covenant. We are able, if I'm able to minister as this, the ability, the, the, do, do not, ma'u. Yeah. It comes from God. So our ability comes from God. God gives us the enablement and makes us able ministers of the New Testament, not according to just reading text, but according to the spirit. For the, the letter kill it, but the spirit gives life. Then he says, then he brought Moses. How he had to cover his face because, so the thing became just later because they couldn't get the spirit of it because it was covered. Then the Jews up to now, their faces are covered. But when you turn to the Lord, the veil is removed. For the Lord is the spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, we all with unveiled faces, beholding us in the glass, the glory of God, are being transformed. Then it jumps from there to the chapter 4. They begins to talk about how if our gospel is veiled, if our gospel is veiled, if our gospel is veiled, oh, oh, this Bible is contradicting itself. If our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. They don't have the light. There's no light. So it's veiled, that's why I said, oh, the Bible has too many contradictions. Really? You are veiled. You are veiled. You know, I've, I've studied it very carefully. Really? You? Really? I've done theology, PhD level. Well, that's not, that doesn't mean you have the spirit. The letter killeth. The spirit gives us life. So if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. That's quite strong words. Think about it. When someone said, I don't believe the Bible, the Bible is a, it's a classic sign that the person is perishing. The person is perishing. Maybe you are sitting here listening to me, oh, you know, all this Bible thing, I don't believe. Yeah, it's a sign that you're actually perishing. What, what do you mean? I mean exactly what I said. <laughs> For whosoever believes in him should not perish. You, are, you actually, when you believe in him, the veil, when you turn to him, the veil is taken off. So you, you suddenly realize that even though I don't understand everything, this, this thing makes spirit to me. It makes spirit. By and by, have you, how many of you have realized that the more you are in church, and you are taught God's word, the more the veil is taking off, the more you are getting it, 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 and the more you are getting it, the more you realize how ignorant you used to be. <laughs> and even in spite of the confidence in your time of ignorance, you begin to realize, sometimes you feel sorry for yourself, how you are so ignorant, and you are talking blah, 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 blah. You didn't know how much you were advertising your ignorance. But you're so confident. I know what I'm talking about. 
remember when, when I was in secondary school, one of our masters in the school who says he's an atheist. Every time, you know, they also like that. They always want to pick on the scriptures. So he said, if Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ said, the Bible says that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, right? He said, yeah, we said yes. And he said, but Jesus Christ went with his body. See, it's contradiction. And he was so confident. Because was, I think he was um, top literature, whatever, English literature, authority in English literature. So he said, Jesus said, flesh and blood has not inherited the kingdom of God, but he went to heaven. So now, see contradiction. And you people can't see through it. <laughs> Sometimes they think we are stupid. <laughs> I don't want to use the other word. Okay, in their blindness, yeah, not in their stupidity. In their blindness, they think we are stupid. We are naive. Sometimes it's amazing when you see somebody who doesn't have a job or who doesn't have a degree, but is debating with a, a PhD holder who has a great job and employed people. You are telling the person he's stupid for going to church. Can't you see that this person is not as stupid as you might assume? Being, doing church doesn't make you stupid. But even, excuse me in your language, all right? Even people who are socially really stupid sometimes think the fact that you are doing church, you are just stupid. They, they, just, they just say, how can, how can you believe in things like that? Anytime someone tells you, listen to me, brothers and sisters and those watching, anytime someone tells you, how can you believe in things like this? Anytime somebody tells you, how can you believe in something like this? The only thing you must know is blind. It's failed. They are veiled. So don't be angry with them. Let them talk in here. They are veiled. It's a veiled person. So you see, when someone tells you, I don't believe the Bible, please remember, don't do anything. The person is not okay. <laughs> if someone says, I don't believe in the Bible, don't be angry. Don't take stones. Even if they, they curse Jesus. They say, Jesus, and they swear and all that. Don't be, don't be angry. Please, don't be that religious and you have to fight for your God. Well, if you have to fight for your God, why are you worshiping your God you have to fight for? He must be God enough to defend himself. <laughs> but those people who take you for granted or take the Bible for granted and pass all kinds of comments, remember, blind. That's why we Christians react with love. Because it actually highlights their spiritual state. And we feel sorry for them. And look at this. I'll, I'll come back to the Second Corinthians, but I need to quote the scripture because it's really on my heart. Can I quote it, please? In, in Acts chapter 26, verse 18, when Paul, God, called Paul, he says that, uh, verse 20, let's start from verse, uh, the verse before, verse 17. God told him, I will deliver you. This is a very strange When I read this, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I'm sent. So God is sending him to people who he knew he will have to deliver him from them. Like you are going to visit someone, they take knife, they start chasing you. In South London. Can you imagine? God said, I will delete. The reason why, sir, the reason why you're able to jump on the fence is because God who was delivering you. <laughs> Watch this. That, isn't it interesting? God said, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. Why are you sending me to people you have to deliver me from? <laughs> 
So you depend on me in this job. Pastor, learn how to depend on God. Because he has to deliver you from a lot of church people. They'll be saying amen, but they'll be gossiping about you. Carries, we are not like that. Those who are normally like that here, it's just because they are veiled. Okay, but but the point I'm making is, look at the verse 18. You see, I told you, I go to one verse, I have to go back before I come. Because I want you to get it in the context so you can make proper uh, uh, grammar for you. To op- I'm sending you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light. Turn them. I'm sending you, turn them. The people you are going to turn to from darkness to light, they will be attacking you. But I have to deliver you because you have to go and turn them from darkness to light. They are in darkness. As soon as you come, they start fighting you. Have you seen somebody who maybe is in a certain condition? Some people have even slapped nurses before. Yeah. Because the nurse was just giving you an just... <laughs> No intentional. You can't be sued for that because you are not in the, in the right frame of mind. <laughs> Especially during labor. Some ladies be slapping their husbands. Oh, if it's a boyfriend, free, please. But <laughs> All right, let's get serious. So, he said that I will deliver you. I'm sending you to open their eyes. Watch this. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light. The next phrase is even statement is very strong. From the power of Satan you see why it's important to preach? From the power of Satan. Oh, so people who are not, who are veiled, people who are not in Christ, people who are not in the light, people who are in darkness are actually under the power of Satan. They can be academics. They can be CEOs. They can be presidents. They can be prime ministers. They can be princes. They can be kings and queens and princesses. They can be millionaires and billionaires, stars of Hollywood or Nollywood or Bollywood. Doesn't matter what they are. Doesn't matter what they are. Watch this. They are under the power. Please, I'm not saying anyone who is a star is under the power of the the devil. I I didn't say that. But what I'm saying is that, what I'm saying is that if anyone is not in Christ, he's actually, so you are one of the kingdoms. That's Colossians, that's where we are going. You are in one of the kingdoms. You are either in the kingdom of, Satan has got a kingdom, boy. Satan has got a kingdom. He said, oh, Satan is a ruler. He is a ruler. Bible calls him, Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 31, he said, the ruler of the world cometh. Say, talking about Satan. And he see, said that now is a judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Talking about Satan. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, it talks about Satan being the ruler of the power of the air. Power of the air. He is the ruler. Satan is the prince. That Greek word translated prince is the same as ruler. Is the same as governor. The one who is in charge. Satan is in charge. Not the actresses and actors. Not the journalists and the broadcasters. You are talking about the air power. Satan is in charge. He is the ruler. Satan is the ruler of the kingdom of the air. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities. Against what? 
powers against what? Rulers of what? The darkness of this age. If you are not in the light, you are under the ruler of the darkness. He says that we are wrestling against these ones. They are rulers of the darkness of this age. Rulers. Rulers. When they arrested Jesus, Jesus said, why are you coming to arrest me like I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm a robber? With sticks and clubs, Luke chapter 22, verse 52. So why are you coming to? Why are you coming to? Why are you coming to me like I'm a thief? Why are you doing this? Uh, have you come out against me as against a robber? With sword and club. Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. He says that when I was with you daily in the temple, you did not try to seize me. But this is the hour, the power and the power of darkness. That's why. Go ahead. This one, Satan has been given authority. Satan said, he said, for Isaiah chapter 60, verse 2, he said, darkness shall cover the earth. Gross darkness, the people. Gross darkness, deep darkness, gross. King James said, gross. If it's like feelable darkness, you can squeeze it. Thick darkness, pitch darkness. There's no way you can see. Certain lights, candles won't work in that darkness. Gross darkness. Satan is the prince of darkness. He is the prince. That's why in 1 John chapter 5, verse 18, 19, it says, the whole world lies under the sway of the evil one. He is the ruler of the world. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it said, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. God of this world, who is he talking about? Satan. So he said, I'm sending you to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, to turn them from the power of Satan. Satan has got power. He has authority. But his jurisdiction is limited. When it comes to the believer, his jurisdiction does not cover them. His power does not cover them. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 26, Jesus said that if Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? Ah, that means Satan has kingdom. Satan has a kingdom, and he has angels and governors who operate under him. Matthew chapter 25, verse 41, he talks about Satan and his angels, or the angels of Satan. So Satan, then I will, I, I will also say to those on the left, depart from me, you cast into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and who his, his God, angels, and they, are, they operate. And sometimes you might think you are smart, but you are influenced. You are influenced. Is that, uh, did you realize how much the lockdown did to people? Yeah. Well, how, 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 but my opinion hasn't changed. It has actually changed. Why? You, you were someone who was so strong in the things of God. How come you are like this? Because you disconnected yourself from source, from the flow of the lumens, the lumens, the light, the actual light was coming and you disconnected. So after a while, that's why if you stop coming to church, you can be watching online, but if you stop coming to church, online is not the same. After online, at least, it's like paramedic. So it, 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 it's like a support system. So let's say you are somewhere. There's no way you can listen to. You can get access to church or something. This thing is good. Online is amazing. That's why we've kept it on. We would have taken it off a long time ago. Because it's not fame, but it's to feed. Yeah. 
So online is good. It's, it's a support system, but it's not fellowship. You are listening. You are watching. We are not fellowshipping. He said, I desire to see you. That I might impact. I can't see you to impact. And in fellowship, there must be koinonia, interactions, one with another. It is, if it is missing in this uh, online one way. However, it's good. Because the good thing is, there, there are people in the other branches. Maybe their service has still not started, but they are feeding. And other people, I meet pastors who say, thank you. Last week, I was in Italy, a great apostle. He said, I've been listening to you. I've been a great blessing. That is why it's good. God is using it. Even though Satan is the power of the air, when we come, we have superior air power. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But the more you detach yourself from fellowshipping, the more you detach yourself from the inflow of God's word, the more your light goes down, the more your veil is dropping. Your veil is dropping. Your veil, very soon, you'll be shocked at things you begin to say. You'll be shocked the way you begin to behave. You'll be shocked at things you began believing and accepting. You, of all people, don't be surprised when someone says, I used to be a pastor, but now I don't believe anymore. It's possible. Why not possible? It is possible. Because when you detach yourself, you are not light. You, you are not light. You are actually born in darkness. Christ is the only light. God is light. The closer we are to God, in Revelation chapter 21, verse 23, he said, in heaven there's no need of sun. There's no need of moon. Ah, ah. The city had no need of sun or, or the moon uh, that we should shine in it. For the, say glory. Say glory. Did you see that word illuminated? The glory of God is the light of God. The glory of God illuminated, and the Lamb is His light. Shout hallelujah. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 5, it tells us there's no more. It says that there shall be no more light there. Really? Why? They need no lamp, no light of the sun, for what the Lord God gives them light. God himself is the light. So the more you detach yourself from God, the more you are getting veiled, the more you become argumentative, the more you see more problems in church. Anytime people are complaining a lot about church, it's a sign that their, their light is dimming. It's dimming. But let me run up with Colossians. So Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. He said, God has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Wow. Then look at the next. I really thought I was going to sink my teeth into the next verse. But next week is coming by God's grace. He says that God, I prefer the King James. He said, who? Do you remember I told you the subject? Started with greetings and you Epaphras influence, now we also. Then he said, giving thanks. All of us, giving thanks, who are qualified us. Then the focus is now about God. And it's, as it's talk about, God has qualified us to, be, to inherit. He's moving gradually onto Christ. And that's where the whole thing is going to land on. So he says that God has qualified us. God, uh, uh, giving thanks, who has qualified to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light? Who, who has, you see what preaching can do? Second Corinthians chapter, chapter 4, verse 6. It said, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts. Moses, I told you about Moses. He, Moses was the topic. Moses, the, sun, the thing was shining on his face. Our own is further than Moses' own. Moses, it was just on his face. Our own where? 
is shining our hearts. It's farther than the face. The face. God has shown in our hearts to give the light, ah, the light, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. So there was so much glory in the face of Jesus, but if God doesn't shine, you will notice it. Shine our hearts. So he, he has delivered us from the power. Did you see he just mentioned light? Then the next verse, darkness. He has delivered us from the power of darkness, the authority of darkness, the Greek word, exousia of darkness. Satan has authority. Satan has authority. He has power. But God has delivered us from the authority, the exousia of darkness, and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Wow, we are in the kingdom now. We are in the kingdom now. We are in the kingdom now. The ki- so you are either in Satan's kingdom or you are in Christ's kingdom. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praise of him who has done what? Oh, oh, who has done what? Who has called us out from where? From, of darkness. <laughs> We've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah! We are in the light. The songwriter says it's a great thing to serve the Lord. It is a great thing to serve the Lord. It is a great thing to serve the Lord. Walking in the light of God. It is a great Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. You're welcome to connect with David Entry on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also find more spirit-filled messages from Caris Church on YouTube and all relevant streaming platforms. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share the message. Be blessed.